You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. G'day, Ernie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, the only national program focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR and the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Radio Foundation on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today we look back at last week's attack on the CFMEU offices in Melbourne from the point of view of union members inside the office and finish with a plea from the mother of a Victorian nurse who sees firsthand the daily trauma on the workers who are tasked with keeping the health system going. But first, some union news. In a strong statement from the health sector unions, Victorian nurses, midwives, paramedics, doctors and allied health professionals are calling on the Andrews government to apply extreme caution and put lives in the capacity of the workforce and health system first as it makes decisions about easing restrictions and opening up. The Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation, Victorian Branch, the Victorian Ambulance Union, the Australian Medical Association, Victoria, the Australian Salaried Medical Officers Federation and the Victorian Allied Health Professionals Association, representing almost 120,000 health care workers, are calling on the Andrew Government to apply extreme caution and put lives and the capacity of the workforce and health system first as it makes decisions about easing restrictions and opening up. They are very worried about the Commonwealth Government and the National Cabinet reopening plans based on the widely debated model of the Doherty model of 80% vaccination of the eligible population aged over 16 years. This is 60% of the total population. The model does not consider the impact on the 40% of the unvaccinated Australians, the 20% 16-year-olds and above, and those under 16 years of age, or examine vulnerable groups including Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Victorian Allied Health Professionals Association Assistant Secretary Andrew Huart said, This has been a long, tough and incredibly stressful 18 months for healthcare workers. The impact on their mental and physical well-being has been huge. We need the Premier to hold the line and maintain strong public health measures to help keep the pressure on the hospitals and healthcare workers as low as possible. We must stop counting bed capacity and start looking at healthcare worker capacity, both mental and physical. Healthcare workers are at breaking point. You have no health system without healthcare professionals to run it. We have never seen allied health professionals as stressed and burnt out as we are currently seeing. Many are suffering workload stress before COVID hit. The pandemic has exposed the vulnerabilities in our health system and we need to do everything possible to protect healthcare workers so they can continue to protect and care for Victorians. The Rail Bus Tram Union New South Wales branch the RBTU, is running a campaign of protected action which started earlier in the month with sounding of tray whistles on September the 9th as part of protected industrial action being taken in response to management's refusal to provide workers with fair wages and conditions. Trains were stopped from sounding their whistles approximately five years ago in response to noise complaints. 
the protected industrial action is the first in a long list of actions being taken over the coming month as part of Rail, Tram and Bus Union members' action against the New South Wales Government's refusal to provide them with a fair enterprise agreement. Rail, Tram and Bus Union Secretary Alex Cosson said Sydney and New South Wales trains for management are refusing to budge in current negotiations on crucial issues such as safe cleaning of our trains. All we are asking for is safety and security for workers and the travelling public. We can't sit back and let the government put workers and the community at risk. After the government heaped rail workers with praise for putting themselves and their families in harm's way during COVID in order to keep the community moving, we're now entering enterprise agreement negotiations and any notion of goodwill has completely disappeared. Cabri workers across two sites in Melbourne will take strike action in a call for secure jobs and better pay and conditions. The Australian Manufacturing Workers Union, the AMWU, say nearly 360 Cabri's workers are forced to take strike action after the company have delayed converting them to permanent roles, some for as long as 10 years. While chocolate sales have gone through the roof during the COVID-19 pandemic, the essential food workers who've kept Australians stocked up on chocolate are being left behind without secure jobs and decent paying conditions. The AMWU say some workers have been in casual roles at Cadbury for up to 10 years and the global confectionery giant are refusing to make them permanent. Workers went on strike from the 17th of September until early Saturday morning and refused to work any overtime hours until Monday the 20th of September in their call for secure jobs and better paying conditions. The Maritime Union of Australia, the MUA and Electrical Trades Union of Australia, ETU, who have been advocating for the Star of the South project, an offshore wind farm in Gippsland for a number of years, have welcomed the introduction of the Offshore Electricity Infrastructure Bill to Federal Parliament. After more than two years of advocating for exploration of offshore renewables potential in Australian waters, there are more than 10 offshore wind projects, billions in investment and thousands of jobs waiting on this legislation, the unions say, and it's good the government is finally doing something about it. It would allow the federal government to designate large offshore electricity areas in Commonwealth waters more than three miles offshore. The many offshore wind projects now proposed around Australia could then apply for a feasibility licence to survey the wind resources within those areas and a commercial operating licence to build wind turbines, substations and transmission cables back to shore. You're listening to Stick Together, Worker Stories and Union News, broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. The Delta strain of COVID has spread fast and furiously across New South Wales and with rising numbers in Victoria, the Victorian government took the step of mandating vaccination for construction workers with a deadline for first jabs by Friday the 24th of September. This is an industry which has been open throughout the pandemic in Victoria, running at 25% and 100% for government jobs with COVID plans to maintain safety. 
The problem appeared with the Delta strain appearing in one big hit at a site in Box Hill with almost 180 workers testing positive with the obvious kick-on effect to their primary contacts and others unfortunate enough to fall into their path. The government took the step of auditing the industry as numbers of regional cases appeared to be associated with construction workers living regionally who worked on city sites. Of course, the construction industry is complicated by the high union membership at large sites, while domestic and small operators generally fall outside the fold. So reacting to the numbers on construction sites, the Chief Health Officer took the step of closing site tea rooms, which led to a sit-in on the streets on Friday by union members annoyed by what they thought was a lack of consultation while every effort was being made to stagger workers' breaks and high-level cleaning procedures between shifts and providing site access to vaccinations. The legitimate growling coming from the union members was completely overshadowed by a rowdy mob that appeared outside the CFMEU offices on the following Monday. They pelted the outside of the office with bottles and attacked John Seck of the Victorian branch secretary. But there was much more to this rowdy mob than disaffected union members. At call was a far-right cohort grappling with the hope of building a working-class movement dressed as a freedom movement. But as the campaign against racism and fascism has pointed out, they are anti-union, anti-working-class and deeply self-interested. The muddled nature of the maraudering groups that ran about the streets for days, tagged by regular riot and anti-terrorist police in full kit, was made clear by the chalk markings I found on Monday streets the following week, which included a perplexing statement, COVID vaccination equals rape culture. Here's an account of the situation from a union point of view from people who were there when the CFMEU officers were attacked. Better get on a bit of business now. Now, there'll be no surprise. There's been a little bit going on in the industry uh, since we last spoke to you. And, uh, yep. Been... We're going to try and run through that a little bit and explain a little bit what's going on. and um, What we know of. or yeah, What we know of and what's happened and where we've been involved and where we haven't. Most times we haven't, but anyway, not according to the press. But uh, <clears throat> as you know, with the COVID started about two years ago and, um, you know, never had it before. It was all, all, all new for everyone. And uh, they'll talk about shutting, <coughs> excuse me, shutting the industry down. And uh, then the union, John Secker and the, and the hierarchy got involved down there with uh, with the, with uh, the government and the, the the medical officers and the industry, and uh, talked about a shutting our industry down and uh, said that we could keep it going, but we had we had the steps to follow. You know, the, the medical officer gave us all these chief medical officer gave us all these things we had to do to make sure the sites were safe and we could continue. So, as you know, Campbell, we had to go around and and t- tell the blokes what we had to do and a lot of unhappy soldiers when we first did that if you remember right if yeah, you go back to two want, years wanted the industry shut wanted the industry shut they said no no it's, we're not working safe we said well we wouldn't direct you if we if we're working safe so so anyway we put these things in place and we soldiered on you know and it went very well for for quite a long while um, lucky we didn't shut the industry down because we would have been out of work for two years now yeah. so uh, that was a so anyway along the way Two or three times they, they, they tried shutting it and the unions got involved and, and then they talked about... And then we, we went back down to uh, 25%, yeah, uh, um, only, only 25% on, on most jobs, barring the hospitals and the government, go, jobs. government jobs and all that. And that was all right. But anyway, so we got up... So that went all right. But um, towards the end, when I say the end, which is last week, 
uh, we were involved in the most discussions and um, despite a lot of people, like that bloke, that loudmouth bloke that the, it was at the, front of, uh, at the front of our office, John Seckers never, sp- never, never spoke to um, Dan Andrews, Dan Andrews or, or met him. So, but despite, <coughs> despite all that, towards the end there was no discussions with the union. They started making calls themselves, and the last call they made was, "Oh, the boats can work on the sides, but they can't use their smoko sheds." Now, to say that created a few dramas is uh, an understatement. Would you say, Campo? Yeah, well, for sure. Obviously, we and the issue with that too, and the other thing too, and it leads into it. The last few calls, they haven't been talking to anyone in the industry because obviously the industry was working together. We've been trying to keep people, many people as we can working because this has been going for two years, you know, and there's no point having people out of work. Obviously, we've had a lot of jobs down to 25% and a lot of our members have been affected by that 25%. We've been putting things in place on the jobs like social distancing, heat. We've limited the risk in smoko sheds. Most jobs are staggered smoko times, A, B, C, rosters, sort of trying to get through it as well. And obviously the chief medical officer, there was an outbreak on one job. They keep saying 13% of cases have come from construction. Obviously we've been blowing about the smoko sheds and then they go and shut the smoko sheds so they think you can go eat and it's illegal to have a drink of water or have food on a building site. And then without consulting with us, they, they mandated the vaccine, which a lot of, like, we, the union, if you go through everything correspondence from the union, we have never been support or we've always been against mandatory Manda- mandated vaccine. We believe it is an individual's choice, whether they get vaccinated or not, but we have been but saying... we're encouraging people to get it. Go see your local doctor yeah, yeah. and get the proper information. And we have been trying, and we've been arguing with people in government and all that, because like we 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 want we want rapid testing and stuff if if you can't get the vaccine and all this sort of stuff, but there's a lot of you know Inkalink's been looking at rapid testing. We're trying to get all this stuff through the industry, but obviously the mandate of vaccine, um, and people from the far far right have been saying spreading misinformation that we've endorsed it, we've done this, and spreading information on on sites. And if you went, if you were there, I was there um, on Monday. So if you were there on Monday, right, and obviously there's been a lot of agitating leading up to this. If you were there on Monday, um, John Secker went out to speak to, there was some, there was some members there, um, no one's denying that. John Secker went out to speak to him. Our people and our members wanted to hear from him. There was people in the crowd wouldn't let him speak. Every time he tried to say something, kept cutting him off. They're trying to split the union and trying to have a go at our union. That's why when they come, when he went to speak, they come there to listen to him speak, and they wouldn't let him speak. Instead, they tried to throw stuff. And there was a group of agitators in the crowd that were throwing stuff at the office. Like they were bring, there was frozen cans of Coke getting thrown at the office. Bottles, bricks, Bottles. bricks. The police were letting them bring in slabs of beer into the crowd, so that's all you can see, all that. There was reports on, if you look on the Telegram app, people sending messages and all these apps which... We're sending messages out where high vis that aren't construction workers. The next day there was. Can I just chop in there, mate? Yeah. Just, just and, and one one th- about the high vis thing because this is all you hear about. It's a high vis thing, you know. Like they the union members because they're wearing high vis. There was a truck that uh, they found down in Victoria Parade there, uh, like a van, a big big van, with the back open, handing out uh, high vis jumpers and high vis ja- uh, vest uh, to anyone that wanted them. Mm. So, you know, I, I got to, you know, so that just, just, just understand that because it was a, it was a pretty well organised uh, 
uh, uh, plan all this, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I said, there was people, like if you look at the like the apps they're using, the Telegram apps and all this, they're actually agitating the crowd and they're actually going on our Facebook page, pretending they're members, agitating our people, putting misinformation on the job. And yes, there is a, there is a lot of people I've got like in the community, I've got my best friends, a few of them don't want the vaccine. There's a lot of people, a lot of split in the community about the vaccine, and that's right across every field of the community. But where people are using it for their own political gains, is it's a joke. And that's what they've been doing. They're trying to divide people. In this time, it's hard. We need to come together, as not just the union, as a society, and let's get on and get back to where we can We don't be. need it. Where we're up to, we're up to um, everyone coming down to the uh, union office. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then, obviously, we sat here. John went out and tried to speak to him. And if that's you, right, yeah, yeah. You went out, and if you had a look at... You have a look at the footage. There's a lot of footage about it. He did try and speak. Decker and him went out to talk to the boys and say, let's let's have a chat. And then it sort of kicked off from there. And then the crowd kept getting more agitated with the people inside the crowd agitating it. And then it and then it blew up. There's pretty serious hostilities going on there at one point. It's a pretty serious thing, but it got pretty untidy. And and um, and then the, 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 even to say that John went out again and so it had one bloke up standing up there. You probably saw him if you've seen the film in a black t-shirt with a spruker on someone's shoulders. I'll let you tell me about that bloke. That bloke is an absolute, is actually a, uh, a boss, so not even a union member. So look, it, it got horrific and they were hurling. They, it was all organised. There was bricks coming through the, the broken glass, bricks full, uh, bottles of Coke, um, there, there was there was bottles of cans. beer. There was there was blokes with uh, a few blokes got some bad head injuries, uh, just you know because it came through the window, and couldn't even see it coming, uh, and all that. But uh, and th- and then it and then it steamrolled from there. But look, it's uh, as far as what happens after that. Look, we'll we'll have to put our hands up and say there, there might have been twenty, thirty percent. I don't know of our yeah. members there. Yeah, there's some agitators, and, and plus the rest members. are agitators. But but as it moved on and moved on, I don't think there was too many of our members. In fact, if if any, and and I've got to say the union is disgusted and what some of the things that have happened since then. I mean, they they moved on. They uh, smashed people's cars. They. Uh, let, let, let me let, let's sort of go through what which day it got worse. They went on the freeway the first day. They're on the freeway on stopping the car, on the west gate, jumping people's cars, uh, stopping people's cars. Um, then uh, the, the next day, what happened? Uh, the the next, biggest one was the getting to the shrine of remembrance. Well, the shrine's probably the lowest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, uh, you know that that's been built for rec- recognition of the people who've lost their lives to this great country, and you've got these. The lunatics up there pissing on it, drinking on it, and all that. It's just an absolute disgrace. Yeah. I remember the last time I was there, I took uh, some of the um, tunnel rats from the Vietnam War, helped them up a uh, path to get there because a few of them lost limbs and all that. And the next time I'm, I see it, I've got those people pissing and, and throwing cans at police and all that. There, it's just an absolute disgrace. And if you think the CFMU has got anything to do with that, you're kidding yourself. And they are some of the messaging. They're playing to all sides of the crowd, just whatever they can. They're playing to every side of the crowd. Like there was blokes there marching with them the next day, claiming, "Oh, we want our industry open." They're the reason the industry got shut. Yeah, well, we've broke our balls for two years keeping the industry open, and now because of this, it's been shut. Now, let me tell you, I don't think it'll be open in two weeks. I no. don't think you got three hundred. Like the secretary's coming out public said, you got three hundred thousand construction workers in housing, domestic, everything. 
and now out of work for the next two. And like you said, it could be longer. And you know, it's just an absolute joke. And and what shits me is about every time they see that the, they say the Fruros are tradies and all that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm tipping. And if there wasn't any of our blokes doing that, you know, there'll be um, repercussions. Well, we can yeah, condemn any actions like that. Absolutely, condemn. And we understand any people that. are frustrated. We we are all frustrated ourselves. We're frustrated with our our people that have um. You know, we've some of the chief medical officers' decisions around smokos and mandating the vaccines and all that. We are we have been blown with them. We're one of the only organisations that have been blown with them. But at the end of the day, we're doing our best, and it's don't let people spread misinformation amongst us. If you got any, if you're a union member and you get sacked or stood down from COVID, the union has been clear on this and will be clear. And I've seen messages go out to everyone. If you have been sacked because you do not want the vaccine, call the union and we will look after your... We are going to try and fight it to the best of our abilities and use all our legal resources, but that's where we're at at the moment. We have said we will defend your job and we will. Worst thing I've seen in 50 years. Yeah. but Worst thing I've seen. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. So there's no point. But like I said, come, you know, like I said, we are going to represent you no matter if you're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine, or if you don't want the vaccine, we are going to represent you. If you're a union member, a financial union member, there's people saying, I'm not going to pay me union fees. Well, they're not even, a lot of them, we've checked a few of them, they're not even members. So ah, that's right. I we mean, had people at the front of the office on doing interviews saying, oh, I'm not going to pay me union They're from housing. They're not even from our world. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so uh, they're kidding themselves, like I said. We will get through this and, you know, we'll come out the other side like we have before, stronger than ever. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's a pretty sad place at the moment. And, uh, look, we'll get on top of all this. Don't worry, meetings have been held today. There's been meetings held every day. So we'll see what happens and um, how, how we work our way through this. But uh, as you said, uh, Campo, it's just about man, all our members sticking together, a bit of solidarity, and uh, we've got to see, you know, get through this. And like the public, we have to re-establish, you know, you know, sales to the public. I mean, yeah. look, if the pub, if the public think we had anything to do with any of that, you're kidding yourselves. I mean, it's we are with you know, that you might get different ideas of us, but I mean, we're pretty hard I and mean, we rally hard for for what we want, but we never, we never ever ever, you know, sort of take it out in the public and nothing like that. So, for what you're seeing, we've got no. We've not no involvement in any of this happen, you know, apart from trying to defend ourselves, you know. Exactly. Stick, Stick together. together. Yeah. Stick together. together. Yeah. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. As COVID numbers are rising with reported deaths at home in New South Wales of people who were unaware they were infected, there is growing concern from health workers as both the New South Wales and Victorian government are moving to open up following the National Cabinet urging us to live with COVID and a national campaign to put health before profits growing with the deaths and infections affecting working people and the vulnerable disproportionately. We hear the words of a person who gives voice to health workers on the front line, far from the boardrooms of business that is beating the drum for business as usual. Tonight I'm speaking just as a retired nurse and midwife and as a mother of a daughter who is a critically care 
uh, trained nurse working in one of Melbourne's major emergency departments. And coincidentally, um, one of her best friends has just written an open letter to Dan Andrews. What uh, she says um, is, um, I, I write to you completely deflated and empty, not sure where else to go. This is addressed to Dan Andrews. I've been trying to think of a way to have my voice heard, and this is what I've come up with. I'm a critically care registered nurse from one of Melbourne's busiest emergency departments. As you are aware, we are in a terrifying health crisis, the most terrifying aspect of which is a nursing shortage. This week I entered my sixth night shift in a row. I walked into work and burst into tears. I took myself to the toilet, hoping no one would hear me. I've always been resilient, but this pandemic has broken me and most of my colleagues. I am not here to criticise. And she goes on. We are being asked to team nurse. In short, our staffing situation is so dire that we are being asked to team lead a group of nurses and undergraduate nurses, delegating them the task of while each patient, nine of them, are in our sole responsibility. This week I suffered my first ever migraine because I have have not got readily available access to water while on shift. I do doff the PPE, leave the department and take water breaks, something I assure you is not easy when sick patients rely on you. You know, and, and we have got better staff to patient ratios here in Melbourne. However, we have a critical shortage of nurses. And I'll just read a... Um, a text message that my daughter got from the ED department this morning. Uh, Dear ED nurses, as you are all aware, we're experiencing a large nursing shortage across all shifts. This has recently been made worse with the need to redeploy nurses who don't meet the strict criteria of being 12 days post-double vaccination to work in the ED. So those that have done the right thing are picking up the work for the people that have been irresponsible not getting vaccinated. I firmly believe, as a retired nurse and midwife, that every person working in any healthcare setting in any form, should it should be mandatory to be vaccinated. The text goes on asking them to do extra shifts, double shifts, overtime, short shifts, disco shifts, uh, and it goes on. Well, my do- <laughs> I've told my daughter, no, you're not, because she is on the verge of... A breakdown. She has already sort of had a mini one at work. The nurses are crying to and from work. I've had my daughter call me on the way to work, hyperventilating. She's had to. She's had to actually slow her breathing down to. You know, I've had to talk her through just walking in the door of an emergency department. So we are in a shocking public health crisis. I think I read in May last year that. Josh Frydenberg has taken out $23 million out of the Victorian public health system, you know, and I just find myself as a mum, retired nurse, midwife, I'm caring for the carer. We, we actually, our daughter was actually at home last year and because we've been doing this for 18 months here in Melbourne, the nurses are really exhausted. I think during the second or third lockdown when we went into our major lockdown that went for months, I actually spoke to my daughter after she had moved out because she was worried about the fact that she was going to come home and infect her family of seven of us. She moved out. I said, please come home. I would rather have been home than have been on her own. Anyway, um, that's life. Thank you all. That's it for Stick Together this week. You can catch up with the show at 3cr.org.au or where you get your favourite podcasts. 
I'm Annie McLaughlin. Join the Stick Together team next week for more workers' news. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.